0: Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.
2: Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And uh, as I mentioned before the break, uh, tomorrow is a, a very important anniversary, 75th anniversary of the atomic bomb being dropped on Hiroshima. Of course, three days later, uh, Nagasaki experienced the same fate. And I want to get into what are the lessons? What are the lessons there, and why do we need to remember? And what does it really mean for us as we try to move forward? Uh, if you haven't been there, uh, it, it it is a it is a quietly powerful place. Uh, I walked around uh, Hiroshima as a twenty year old, and uh, I still remember it as if it was yesterday. Uh, there, there is a stillness and almost a, a haunting silence uh, on one end, and yet there is also just this steely determination, this resilience. Uh, I think that really marks uh, both the, the Japanese people uh, and the way the American government responded after the war uh, in terms of coming together to help rebuild and revitalize a nation. Uh, back in 2016, uh, then-President Barack Obama became the first president to uh, visit Hiroshima. And uh, I want you to listen to this. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't care if you loved him as a president or really disliked him as a president. Uh, set it aside. Put it on the shelf. Uh, and just listen. He said a few things that I think are just as important today, especially as we celebrate and honor and remember this 75th anniversary of Hiroshima.
1: Twenty-one years ago, on a bright, cloudless morning, death fell from the sky and the world was changed. A flash of light and a wall of fire destroyed a city and demonstrated that mankind possessed the means to destroy itself. Why do we come to this place, to Hiroshima? We come to ponder a terrible force unleashed in a not-so-distant past. We come to mourn the dead, including over 100,000 Japanese men, women, and children, thousands of Koreans, a dozen Americans held prisoner. Their souls speak to us. They ask us to look inward, to take stock of who we are, and what we might become.
2: Why do we come here? Why do we come to Hiroshima? Uh, to take stock of who we are and what we might become. That challenge to look inward uh, is, is always the test. And while many heralded the atomic bomb as the greatest power that man had created and the greatest power uh, that ended a war. The greater power is in restraint, uh, as Dr. Martin Luther King said that that uh, that truth and unconditional love would have the last word, and that ability to to not use that power. Uh, interestingly, as we have mentioned, uh, only three days after Hiroshima in Nagasaki, another eighty thousand people were killed, victims of the the terrible weapon. Um, and, and then we haven't used it since. Really interesting. Uh, our good friend uh, George Will, Washington Post columnist, noted that there has not been a third in the subsequent 27,394 days. Think about that. It's been 27,394 days since Nagasaki. And truly, one of humanity's most remarkable achievements is the absence of that weapon being used again up to this point. And so again, it's that restraint. Uh, again, Dr. King, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word in reality, and I believe that's absolutely true. And as I mentioned, you know, as a young man, as I walked around um, that city of Hiroshima, uh, there were two interesting things. As I as I mentioned, it's, it's both a very quiet and, and haunting moment. Uh, but it's also one of, of great hope and great resiliency. Uh, last year, about this time, uh, I was uh, actually in Tokyo, Japan, uh, uh, covering an event, uh, the G20 uh, Interfaith Forum, which precedes the G20 Economic Summit that was held in Osaka last year. And Elder Garrett W. Gong of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints uh, was one of the keynote speakers, and he talked about. Uh, the atomic bomb, and uh, Hiroshima in particular, uh, he he referenced the, they're called the Hibakujumoku, or survivor trees, and these survivor trees miraculously weathered the Hiroshima bomb. Uh, most trees were just turned into splinters. Uh, most were destroyed, but there were 170 of these Hibakujumoku trees, these survivor trees, that not only survived the blast at Hiroshima, but very quickly, very quickly, they sprouted new leaves. And it became this symbol, this rebirth to the nation. And I think these survivor trees, as uh, as Elder Gong noted, represent the g- regenerative miracle of deep roots and strong resilience. I love that. Deep roots and strong resilience. Roots and regenerative resilience... Uh, will always be key as we try to rejuvenate our, our faith in our communities and moving forward. Uh, Elder Gong concluded uh, his speech in Tokyo last year. He said, "We promote peace when all voices seek the greater good, uh, where none is disparaged or denied, even if the inevitable disagreements of healthy pluralism, pluralism persists." Uh, and so, it's a it's a great metaphor for a lot of things. Uh, these survivor trees with deep roots and great resilience. And so now I want to go back to President Obama's remarks in 2016 at Hiroshima. Again, he was the first president to visit Hiroshima uh, and he ended in a similar spot uh, to Elder Gong.
1: That is why we come to this place. We stand here in the middle of this city and force ourselves to imagine the moment the bomb fell. We force ourselves to feel the dread of children confused by what they see. We listen to a silent cry. We remember all the innocents killed across the arc of that terrible war, and the wars that came before, and the wars that would follow. Someday, the voices of the Hibakusha will no longer be with us to bear witness. But the memory of the morning of August 6, 1945, must never fade. That memory allows us to fight complacency. It fuels our moral imagination. It allows us to change.
2: Again, that's uh, President Barack Obama. And I, I, think, uh, I think that's so important uh, that we do remember. Uh, he noted that uh, those that did survive uh, won't be with us much longer. But we can't let the memory of what happened on August the 6th, 1945, ever fade. uh, Because that is what will help us fight complacency. That is what will help us to make sure that freedom stands everywhere. And I love that President Obama said it fuels our moral imagination, it allows us to change. So again, in a a time when we're debating a lot of history and the character of many of the characters of history, it's important for us to fuel that moral imagination. What is possible? That's why we go to places like Hiroshima and Nagasaki. That is why we remember the fallen, the few, because it allows us to fuel our moral imagination of not where we've been, not what we've done or left undone but when what we can become. And ultimately, that allows all of us to change and make progress individually and as a nation. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor of The Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. A gun in the face.